0: powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the Internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With multi-gig speeds now available, it's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. Limited availability in select areas. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply.
1: You're listening to the Raiders NFL Draft Podcast. Here are your hosts, Bucky Brooks and Rhett Lewis. Raider Nation, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Raiders NFL Draft Podcast. And excited to be here Live with you from Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine, Brett Lewis here with my buddy Bucky Brooks, who uh, is always with me on our draft <laughs> podcast. And of course, the, our distinguished guest today, uh, everybody's favorite assistant GM here, we've got Champ Kelly with us from the Raiders. Uh, Champ, thanks for spending a couple of minutes here with us on what is a busy week for you guys. Very man.
2: busy, Right, Thanks for having me. Uh, Bucky, man, it's a privilege to be here with you guys.
1: Let's talk. Let's talk about this, but first, we'll, we'll get to all the prospects that we get out on the field, and we'll get to Combine here. Let's talk about you for a second here, Champ. Because I mean, you're, you're relatively new to the, to the Raiders, just as you know. Essentially, this entire regime has been these last two years. Um, how did you go from Kentucky Wildcat <laughs> yeah. to software engineer to now processing draft prospects as a talent evaluator? Tell us about your journey.
2: Very, very unorthodox yeah. entry into this space. You know, I, I, I came on the scene. You know, at the University of Kentucky, I played football there um, for four years. Got my degree in computer science. um, Decided from there I wanted to pursue a career and as a software engineer at IBM. Um, But in the midst of that, you know, really decided that my passion was, was in football. And I did that through, I started coaching this high school football team in Lexington, in Lexington Christian Academy in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh-huh. And these guys really made me fall back in love with the game. So I would be at work, but I'd be thinking about football. <laughs> and I was like, listen, if I'm going to do this, and my girlfriend at the time, who's my wife now, was like, hey, if we're going to pursue this, let's pursue it at the highest level. And wow. so then it was uh, 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 years and years of sending letters and resumes out to try to get an opportunity.
1: So UFL, right, and then you break into the league as a scout. Was that your first stop?
2: Correct. I was United Indoor Football League to the National Indoor Football League. I played played there. Um, you know, then I end up becoming the general manager of the indoor football team that I played for, the Lexington Horsemen, which was probably you know some of the best experience I'll ever have. Yeah. You know, in this space, it's probably set me up to be right here today.
0: You know, I think about that like. How do those experiences, because you talk about having to do it with not as many resources, having to kind of be a one-man show, how did that experience kind of shape you and put you in a position to do the things that you do today?
2: Well, first of all, you know, you had someone that that believed in you, that championed you to allow you the opportunity. And everybody needs an opportunity to actually prove what they can do. And so, But you get into that smaller market, the indoor football league, and I was our broadcast department. (laughs) Yes. You know, I was a receivers coach for the team. I did hire coaches. Your are Did evaluation. find and <laughs> yeah. hire players. We would travel on buses and get back after games. I would go help wash the clothes. Wow. Yeah. Did put sponsorship logos on the on the sponsors around the football field. So you did it all. So your hands were in every department. So you gained an appreciation for every different area of the organization. And so I carry myself with a, a tremendous amount of respect for you know every job that gets done inside of the organization
1: wow i mean that, that is a phenomenal grasp of all of the elements that make a successful team and by team I don't mean 53 you know players on our roster I mean you know team as an organization right because that's what you and Dave and Josh are trying to put together here right and it starts at the top and it goes to the you know all the way to the bottom and all employees are included so let's talk about that part of it the cohesiveness as it relates to what you and, and Dave and Josh are trying to do to be on the same page to put the best product out on the field inside Allegiant Stadium week in and week out what is that collaboration like
2: right well you know, I think you hit it—you hit it dead on the head. Like it, it is a collaboration, and there's constant communication, yeah. right? You know, their responsibility is to is to create the vision um, that we're going to operate in. You know, create the processes in which we're going to operate in. Whether that's Josh on the coaching side or Dave on the scouting side, my job is to help fa- facilitate the operation of those processes within the scouting side. And so you know, I think for us in this organization is we understand that it's a people business, <laughs> right? right? We're only gonna go as far as our people yeah. and the culture that we create, which is to me culture is just the collective decisions of the people that you employ. And so if you show people that you love them, show people that you trust them, meet them where they're at, pull them up to where you want them to be, then you have a chance to be successful. You know, it's funny that you mentioned culture because a lot of the combine is not about the
0: workouts that take place, but the interviews and just the interactions that you have with players. And think about the culture that you're trying to create down in the locker room. What is, like, a couple of the intangibles that you look for just in prospects to give them an opportunity to maybe be good fits in the locker room?
2: Well, I think, I think if I was to, you know, tell you what we were looking for, it's more, you know, smart, tough, um, explosive, good teammates who love the game of football. And so that's what we're going to be that's looking for. a profile for. right there. It is. Yeah. Smart, tough, good teammates, yeah. explosive, love the game of football. And these are the type of people that we're going to be trying to interview, trying to learn about, so that we know every aspect of their background, know every aspect of their aspirations, and then try to facilitate some of the things that they need to help them become the prospect that they want to be, but we need them to be.
1: And, you know, and now we're here at the Combine, right? And that's an opportunity to kind of get to know more about the players as you try to put those profiles together of all of them. What is the most valuable piece of this event for you, for Dave, for this organization to try to get a better grasp on these prospects? Well,
2: you know, first of all, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the hard work that our our scouting department puts in all season long. You know, when you talk about, you know, Brandon Jurgen, our college director, and Dwayne Joseph, our pro director, um, and all the people within all the rest of our departments, they work year-round to try to gather (laughs) the information that we need to make these decisions. And so when you come to the combine, we don't start from a clean slate. Right. You know, we have information. We come with the concerns or the information that we need, and we're targeting in our approach when we talk to players. And so it's very, very advantageous for us um, for those guys to get as much information as possible so that we we come and we interview these players, there are specific things that we're looking for, that we're looking to learn. So, you know, for one receiver, we might be looking for one thing. For another receiver, it might be, you you know, the mental part. For one receiver, it might be the character. And so we have a specific approach for everybody that we're attacking.
0: You know, there's so much interest in the combine and now in the NFL draft, like draft nicks, media analysts. Everyone seemingly has an opinion on prospects and what teams should do. How hard is it for you guys to block out the white noise and focus on what's most important for the Raiders when it comes to evaluating these players?
2: Well, you know, I I think our charge as, you know, kind of leadership brass is every decision is a Raiders decision, right? So blocking out the noise, it, it, it really doesn't come into play because all we're trying to do is work our processes, trust our processes, Believe in the work that we do and understand that the plan that Josh and Dave had when they walked into the building, that's the plan that we're executing. And so, you know, not worrying about the pundits or the people who don't know all the information. Like we trust our scouts. We trust our coaches and we know that our process would eventually lead to the results that are not only going to make us a successful team, but to make our fans proud of us. And that's all we want to do.
1: Well, Champ, I, I don't know if you knew this, but Bucky and I both went 32 of 32 on our first round mock drafts last year. That's right, year. that's what we do. So We're perfect. We're if perfect you, you do need to, to take a peek at any, I would just <laughs> alert you to those. I think Bucky's already got one out. I only do one. <laughs> one all year. So I'll let you know when, when that comes down and we can we can collaborate if you'd like. Red uh, does his
2: a day after the draft. <laughs> yes. Yes, right after. Right definitely 100% dead. Yes, <laughs> Right after.
1: Champ Kelly is here with us. On our Raiders NFL Draft podcast, uh, Champ, we, we love that you've given us a few minutes of your time, and um, and I want to get to a couple of things here because, look, obviously, we all know that quarterback at some point is is on the radar here with Derek now off uh, to another team, and obviously, there are quarterbacks here that we're going to be interested in. What do you look for when you're evaluating college quarterbacks? Like, what, I'm not going to ask you who you're taking or if you're taking one. I, I am mean, we're not we're not dumb enough to do that. But like, what what do you find? That are, that is important when it comes to quarterbacks that are coming from college into the league.
2: I think I think you know because co- um, quarterbacks are coming from different offense, yeah. and sometimes they're not comparing apples to apples because some of it is college football versus what we're going to be doing in the pros. They may they may never even get into a huddle, right? In in college, and so as we evaluate quarterbacks, like it's you know processing, mm-hmm. it's decision making, it's accuracy, you know, but a lot of it is that intangible things that you don't always see on tape. It's the communication with a teammate on the sideline. Mm. You know what I mean? It's how he communicates back from the field to the coach on the sideline. Can he process what the coach is is trying to tell him? And so that's why going through this full process is so important, you know, when you're talking about – Adding a guy that you expect to lead your your franchise. And,
1: and just, just real quick mm-hmm. though, like even though you know quarterback is a he's a perceived need here, like you go through this process every year with the quarterbacks, right? I mean, like yeah. for the most part you now it may be different in terms of how in, in depth you get on it, but like this is a process that doesn't just start when you need one.
2: I've, I've been evaluating quarterbacks since I got into this league, <laughs> right. you know, sixteen, seventeen right. years ago, and that's that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Now the reality of this is this process that we're talking about for the quarterback position. Yeah. we do this at every position. Sure. Right. There, there is no rest. You know, I'm, I may be trying to find the next best returner mm-hmm. in, yeah. in Bucky. Nope. Yeah. You, you hey. see what I'm saying? Like, that, you know, what is, I mean, like I'm, I'm constantly we're constantly evaluating every up, position group. That's what we do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so in, in thinking about this, one of the important parts of team building is not only what the front office does and the scouts, but how the coaches take the players that come in and develop them. How do you guys have a constant stream of dialogue to make sure that the coaches and scouts work together
2: to make sure that you maximize the talent of the players that you do bring to the building? First of all, it it started by how it's modeled between Josh and Dave. They have complete cohesion, Mm. right? And so when you have complete cohesion and there's constant communication between the scouting staff and the coaching staff, there's a trust. Like There's one common goal that we all have, and we all know what that is. Right. And so we're always working toward making sure we obtain that ultimate goal. And so whether that's, um, you know, getting feedback every week on the progression of a player that may be on the practice squad, you, you know, maybe a, a progression every week on a on a player that, um, you know, a young player that we just acquired that may be inactive on game days, but they're working throughout the week. Mm. And so not only does that player have a plan at the end of the year when we leave, like, because of the coaches because of the scouts like we have a nutritional plan a um strength plan we have a positional plan on what they need to work on so it's it's not just we have a study habit plan for Mm. every player that we talk about and we don't just do that for the players like we do that for the coaches we do that for the scouts like there's Mm. constant feedback and growth and that's the that's the benefit of being in a regime and a program you know like we're able to offer here with the raiders
1: i'm also always curious because You know, Bucky and I talk about it all the time. While we can talk about arm strength and processing ability and accuracy of a quarterback, you know, fit oftentimes determines success in this league. Um, And, you know, you obviously want to find the right fit. But within that fit, you know, you want to see – Improvement you want to see progression with that player especially at, at the quarterback spot. Um, you know we're so much rely that, that you rely on there. What have you found in your experience both on the pro side right and on the college side a, as the most Improvable traits or characteristics of a quarterback once they get to the league like right. what can they get better at
2: right? I think um, you know footwork. Yeah, Is some of the things that a, that a quarterback can get better at you know It depends on the system that they come from there's some ability to to read and process. I think the command in which a quarterback has when they come in improves. Again, like I mentioned, some of these quarterbacks don't even huddle at all in college. Right. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to stand in front of, you know, Red and Bucky and say, OK, we got ace left, 92 yeah. <laughs> on two, and then get into a, a, a huddle or get to a line of scrimmage and actually call the cadence, like that takes a lot. Yeah right and so they they grow in their command you know but it takes time Mm. right right it it takes time rarely do you walk off the college field jump on the nfl playing field and have early success it takes time and it takes patience and that's you know that's like this isn't microwave quarterback (laughs) cooking what like you you got (laughs) to put it in the oven and let it come out perfect.
1: champ kelly giving us a few minutes of his time here at a busy week for the raiders at the nfl scouting combine uh, much more to come here in just a second uh Rhett lewis bucky brooks be right back here with you on the raiders nfl draft podcast raider nation up your fitness game with eos fitness a proud sponsor of the raiders featuring premium amenities including our turf functional training area movie cinema open 24 7 and much more join for as low as 9.99 per month at joineos.com. eos fitness better gym better price 60 years in the making, the Raiders now have a permanent place to call home, and the doors are open to get a world-class behind-the-scenes tour of their new home. An attraction unlike any other in Las Vegas. Allegiant Stadium. The Las Vegas Raiders invite you to experience the expertly guided tour that includes exclusive access to areas restricted to only football players, coaches, and staff. For more information, visit AllegiantStadium.com forward slash tours all right welcome back everybody here with you on the raiders nfl draft podcast rhett lewis bucky brooks man that was fun getting a chance to see like that's the stuff that we love and and it's the stuff that you know i'm sure folks at home that are watching this like just don't get a chance to hear that kind of insight from you know behind the curtain a little bit with champ and how they how the process plays out here with this draft
0: i'm not gonna lie i was very surprised by the level of detail that he talked about not only the feedback that the players receive in terms of where they need to get better you talk about nutrition strength conditioning positional study plans stuff, yeah. study plan but how the coaches and scouts also get a similar process right when you talk about the attention to detail and what is needed to be at a championship level all of those things are done but sometimes we want to skip steps we don't necessarily fully go through the process but the hear that constant dialogue that constant communication criticism mm. that Leads to better development, and that's why you're gonna have success at a high level.
1: Yeah, no question. And you know, we were we were talking a lot about quarterbacks, obviously, because that is that is certainly on uh, the Raiders' radar here in this draft, and you know, whether it's in free agency or trade, whatever. But like, there's going to be a quarterback added to this roster just based on numbers, with Chase Garbers being the only guy that's around right now, yes. right? So you gotta get we gotta fill that room up a little bit, and they will. And when we talk about quarterbacks, um, you know. I've heard you talk about it a lot. Like, you know, you look at a guy like Anthony Richardson um, Mm -hmm. in this draft from Florida, you know, the evaluation process doesn't start right now. The evaluation process, you know, it might have started last year. It might have started this summer, right, when you get a chance to go see him in training camp. Um, You get a chance to then watch him maybe in a practice live, right, at Florida. You watch him in a game at Florida. You've watched every game he's played by the time you get to the combine here, right?
0: So there are a few different things when it comes to the process. And, you know, Champ talked about it, but we'll expand upon it. So the way that it goes now, there's a list that comes out about the the top prospects. That list comes out the end of May. And so what a lot of the scouts will do is they'll start the process of doing a preliminary scout. So let's just say it's a senior. You go back and look at all of their junior tape, and that gives you a preliminary grade. Then you kind of build your visits, your visitations, off of that. Who am I going to see? When am I going to go see him? and those things. With quarterbacks, it's always important to see them live. Yes. Champ talked about watching their interactions with their teammates and coaches and those things. So when you have a guy like Anthony versus some of these other quarterbacks, you want to make sure that you watch them maybe a couple of times live, not only to see how they play, but to see how they get along with their teammates, their coaches, how they handle some adversity, how they handle the good moments. So now that you know, when you begin to talk about them in December, this is who this player is. Mm. And then as you get closer to the combine, now you take the information that you learn from the fall on your school visits, the information that you glean firsthand in watching them. You begin to present that information. And then you set up a set of questions that you now can ask them in interviews to kind of dig deeper to figure out who they are, where they are with their football character, and are they good fits for the organization. Well,
1: and that's just it, right? Because you've got to take advantage of your 15 minutes. Because yes. that's what you get, right? I mean, like you can't just come in there and be like, "Hey, how's it going? You know, How's your mom?" <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, well, well that, those might be nice questions. Like, you got to get down to the to the brass tacks here pretty quickly, and so you got to have a plan when you go into those interviews. And that's, you know, whether that's at Senior Bowl, whether it's at the East-West Bowl, which of course we had in Vegas, and or, or here at the Combine, or on the official uh, or the the pre-draft visit, yes. you know, the top 30s that we talk about um, a lot after the Combine. So it, there's so much that goes into a quarterback evaluation specifically, but really evaluation of any player that you're going to fill out a draft card and hand it up uh, in Kansas City in just a couple of months. Specifically here at the Combine, position groups outside of the quarterbacks. And by the way, we'll see Anthony Richardson throw mm. and run mm which again you want to talk about buzz we're going to start to see that buzz build when this dude runs a 40 and does some of those agility drills in addition to the throwing i mean he'll tickle the rafters up there at lucas oil stadium with some of some of his uh his throws will levis from what i understand is going to do some throwing too uh cj stroud is going to throw so bryce young really the only top quarterback that's not going to participate so i'm I'm kind of intrigued to see what these dudes look like in this scenario.
0: Well, I think the three guys that you mentioned that are participating, C.J. Stroud, Will and Anthony Richardson, uh, this is an opportunity for them to show and prove that the tools and traits that everyone has been spinning by, right. that they're real. Right. And so w- let's break these up in a couple of different things. So C.J. Stroud, when you talk about him, the biggest question for him was the athleticism. People will talk about him being the most natural throw in the draft, the way he can spin it, uh, the way that he did it back-to-back years at Ohio State. There's a lot of people that feel great about the way he throws it. It's the athleticism, the improv, improvisational ability, sure. and those things. For Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, the questions are more about accuracy and those things. So you'll see the arm talent, but can these guys paint the strike zone consistently? Can they show in this workout, okay, well, they've made some progress from the last time we saw them in the regular season to now in terms of being yeah. able to throw with a little anticipation, touch, they can put it in the strike zone consistently, and those things. For Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, also, those special skills. Because the comparisons have been for both guys. Will Levis has been Josh Allen. People have talked about Anthony Richardson more like Cam Newton. Well, let's see if they can put up some superpower type stuff where you see the athleticism, where maybe you can begin to envision those comparisons coming to light.
1: Well, and look, I think this is a big week. This is a big day for accuracy when we get to Saturday, right? Because, look, there's no rush. There is no defense. Like if, if we don't see i mean there if shouldn't be we don't be see it any, now, when the when the bullets are flying right um so like you got to see those ball the, those those throws come out you know on time good mechanics and then you got to see i don't, can't have any football sitting on the ground you yeah, well, I mean, soil stadium I mean, they got to be catchable balls and you got to complete
0: they have to be completed yeah. and you're right like you want to get to the to the mode of like in pro sports we talk about in, in practices and in workouts, the ball should never hit the ground. Right. Like, the, there's a level of crispness to the execution that you see from the quarterback to the wide receiver. And even though these aren't your own receivers at home, I want to see the adaptability. Can you quickly adjust to who you're
1: being Yes. Because yes. that can
0: happen in a game. Sure. And we also want to see how do you handle the adversity that comes with all of this. Unfamiliar environment, different receiver. Right up there. Different yeah. ball, like all the pressure, <laughs> all the people watching. How do you right. handle that? Because some of that will give us a sneak peek at how you may perform in these pressurized moments at the next level.
1: Look, and, and what we're not gonna learn about these quarterbacks, we're not gonna learn how they read defenses, we're not gonna learn how they process information. And we may learn, you know, like how they want, you know, how a certain how the coaches that are running those those drills and those throwing sessions want these routes to be run you know, we may see some adaptability there yeah um, but we're not gonna learn you know some of those big pieces that champ talked about like the processing like the ability but one thing you can see here is interaction and competitiveness with the group within the group and we've seen that in recent years seen guys um you know dapping up other guys that make yeah. nice throws or trying to you know bring guys along that maybe be a missed one mm-hmm. um or going over there and talking to the receivers and you know getting those guys fired up like that's this is where you can see some of those quarterback and those intangibles that you like within your quarterback to be the face of your franchise in this scenario as an alpha among a room full of alphas. So I think that part of it is intriguing as well. Let's move off the quarterbacks for a moment. Outside of that group, any other position groups that are bringing some real intrigue for you, Buck? Tight ends. Yes.
0: I'm fascinated by the tight end position. Uh, The tight end position is such a position that you can gain a huge advantage by creating mismatches. This year's class is terrific. Uh, I mean, you talk about Michael Meyer from Notre Dame, Don Kincaid from Utah, yeah. Darnell Washington, the big tight end from Georgia, Luke Musgrave from Luke. Oregon State. I mean, you have so many guys with so many different playing styles that it's really like going to the ice cream shop and trying to figure out what flavor ice cream do I want to really upgrade my offense. Yeah. The tight end position offers All different styles and types
1: it really does i one that another position that i got my eye on is the cornerback group uh, because i think it is as deep as we've seen in recent years remember we had two guys go in the top four last year with derek stingley going to the texans and then sauce gardner might just be the best corner in the league uh went to the jets um and had a phenomenal rookie year and you know if, if the raiders are looking in that in that department um you know look if it's not at seven probably not going to get one of the top five guys because I think we'll have five go in the first round. Oh, yeah, it would feel like we're talking about Devin Witherspoon of Illinois, Joey Porter, Jr., uh, Penn State, Christian Gonzalez yes. uh, of Oregon. And then you get into like Cam Smith, uh, South Carolina. Cam Smith, has one. Kaylee Ringo.
0: Yeah. Uh, you have so many guys that can kind of fall into those categories. You have uh, Emmanuel Forbes from Mich- Mississippi yeah. State, who is a big time ball hawk and playmaker might be a little light, and so a lot of this when it comes to evaluating cornerbacks, what kind of corner do you want in terms of stylistically? Uh, do you want a big-time player that can play bump and run, nose-to-nose, nose, that specializes in playing man? Good class for want, that. There's yeah. a bunch of six-foot dudes in I mean, this class. Like we need yeah. to talk about Deontay Barnes and yeah. n- n- none of those guys right. that are super long in size and in, in stature, the Ballhawks and, and, and Forbes and some of these other guys. So a lot of it comes down to the coaching staff and the scouts working together to kind of figure out, what is the profile of the corner that we want on the island?
1: Yeah, and and so the, the cornerbacks, big big time position group there. The offensive linemen are kind of an interesting one. Um, it doesn't seem to be like a, a real buzzy position this year, you know, where it was last year, like with Evan Neal and mm-hmm. Iki Aquanu, and you know, Peter Skaronski is a is a great prospect, I think, and, yes. and has some positional versatility. You look at Paris Johnson from Ohio State, Broderick Jones from Georgia. Um, you know, you want to throw Dewan Jones in there from Ohio State too. Yep. He's a mountain of a man. That's a dude that you know, like if the Raiders come back around in 38, you know, and you want to really Continue to upgrade the offensive line and you know build another cornerstone with Colton mm-hmm. Miller over there on the left side. Like that could be an intriguing spot for one right there at 38 in the second round.
0: Yeah, 38. There gonna be some guys there. I mean, yeah. you're even talking about Darnell Wright from. Uh, oh yeah. Tennessee. Tennessee. And a lot of it depends on what are you looking for. But you're right. It, it's not as much buzz about the offensive yeah. tackles, but the value in terms of how valuable they are to the team building will yeah. force teams to take them early, and so. Will there be some reaches? Yes, but it's a position that also has been proven that you can develop those guys if they yeah. have the right tools physically to be able to play at the next level. Cody
1: Malk, another guy that I yes. really like and I know you have him in your your top 5 um but he's a dude that has played all 5. All five, like, so versatility play, is Yeah, center at the senior bowl for the first time I think and then you know it was a tackle at North Dakota State has played some guard like that's some intriguing stuff there when you get into that that part of it. So offensive line, corners, um, and then I, you know, I think, you know, just obviously speaking the the defensive guys on the up front are going to dictate the top 10 along with the cornerbacks talking about the Will Andersons talking about the Jalen Carters. Carter's I, I, you know, not going to be there at seven when the Raiders are on the clock, um, Tyree but, but Ty, yeah, Ty yeah, Tyree's probably gone. Keon white could be
0: there, Georgia tech, hey, Keon white is a guy that you talk about the buzz the buzz could going to build a little yeah, bit, could, could build a lot after he works out here. Yeah, he's so versatile because he can play anywhere from outside to inside. Yeah, plays hard, and you know, playing hard is a skill. And this guy is a high motor player who's just relentless in his attack. He is someone that certainly is going to have a lot of buzz.
1: And another guy that that will have some buzz based on the workout he puts puts forth. I know most people probably didn't watch a lot of Northwestern football this year, but Ottawa Wore uh, yes. from Northwestern, could put on a show. Uh, when the defensive linemen get on the field on Thursday, looking forward to it. Uh, any other any other prospects that are in I'm I'm curious. Uh, I'll give you just just uh, one that I'm really curious to see: Quentin Johnson from TCU, big, physical, tall mm-hmm. wide receiver. You know, maybe not maybe not in the in the Raiders target um, area, mm-hmm. but man, a guy that if he can show a natural ability to catch the football dispel some of the, the issues with the drops that we saw. He's a body catcher for TCU. He's got explosiveness that can make him real appealing to a team. Um, he's one of those guys that I'm really interested in. Um, and then uh, I think about um, I think about some other guy, like another receiver that could run, you know, one of the fastest 40s that people don't talk about a lot is Trey Palmer from Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, we ran 10, 400 Ooh, um, in, in that's high school. Fast. So, like, I, I, I get intrigued by just, like, the, the actual um, – the con- like the, the the drills, like the 40, like yes. you know, who's going to run that fast 40 at the combine. So, like, there's there's some of that stuff that really appeals to
0: me. Yeah, you talk about the the intrigue. Uh, how about Andre Carter from Army, uh, 6'10 wingspan, a guy who had 15 and a half sacks back in 2021. Uh, you talk about a guy who has the athleticism to be able to get it done, has the versatility that you always look for. He is someone to certainly keep an eye yeah. on. And Will McDonald from Iowa State, he's another one.
1: I like that one, too. Yeah. Um, all right. So we got our hands full here for the next few days, digging into some of these prospects, seeing what they do on the field. And then, of course, we'll be both of us will be back with you, Raiders.com, following the Combine with our top five Combine performances. So look out for that coming up for you next week, as well as our next episode of the Raiders NFL Draft Podcast. Thanks for tuning in here, Raider Nation. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Raiders NFL Draft Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the Raiders Podcast Network wherever you get your podcasts.